another episode of fanatics football i'll be your host once again james and i'm joined once again by nate terry and mate what's up boys what up so what's up all right in today's episode we're going to take a look at the afc west division we're going to preview this division in terms of uh players for fantasy or we're going to talk about just an overview of this whole division position wise and then we'll just project division records for each team in the division so uh, let's just hop right into it uh, we're going to start uh, in fantasy first with the Denver Broncos. Um, let me just get to you guys on this. Nate, I'm going to start with you. Just talk about their quarterback situation for fantasy. So um, Teddy Bridgewater, he got 16.1 fantasy points per game for Carolina. Um, I guess he's starting for the Broncos. So I think he's he's potentially a quarterback too. Um, it kind of depends on what league you're in i guess in like the most shallow leagues you might be able to get away with like picking up picking him up um in like the waiver and like maybe like the first week but other than that maybe like a quarterback too or something like that yeah for sure um i definitely think he is going to be the starter like you said uh his training camps look great so far and then in terms of drew lock i guess he's just to be left on the waiver wire yeah, I guess there might be some weeks where they're arresting Teddy Bridgewater. So um, if you hear about that, then maybe you can like check the waiver for him. All right. And um, I'll just get to the Broncos running backs for fantasy. Um, I'll just start by taking a look at Melvin Gordon first off. Um, it looks like he's not going to miss any games because of his DUI situation. So I'm just going to go off that fact right now. Um, if he doesn't miss any games, obviously he's a mid-level RB3 for fantasy uh, in standard leagues. Um, and he has the potential to have an RB2 upside. Um, we've seen him produce in the past. So um, if you're drafting him, he's pretty much a guy that you can start in at least your flex position, if not maybe higher than that. And then I'll move to Javante Williams. Uh, he's going to be the backup. They just drafted him this year. I believe it was in the second round. Um I believe he also starts at around an RB3 price. Uh, he's really talented. He should get a lot of looks, um, maybe even on passing downs as well. Um, but I believe his upside's even higher than Melvin Gordon's. Um, even in the case of an injury, I, I believe that with his workload, he could even get up to RB1 status. So um, definitely a guy, um, he might have a little lower uh, floor than uh, Melvin Gordon, but uh, he definitely has a lot of upside. So he's definitely someone else you want to take a look at for fantasy. And I guess for wide receivers, uh, Mete, let me get to you. Yeah, so the first guy you're going to want to look at is Jerry Judy. Uh, Judy's heading into his sophomore year after a solid rookie season. He's still a work in progress. His catch percentage was 46%, and he had 10 drops, three fumbles. But he's definitely got the highest upside out of the Broncos wide receivers. So he should be the first Broncos wide receiver off the board, I think. I believe he'll give you wide receiver three value in deep leagues and wide receiver four value in shallow leagues. And then the second guy you're going to want to look at probably is Cortland Sutton. Uh Corlinton Sutton only got to play one game last season after having a breakout 2019 season where he made the Pro Bowl and he's still only 25 years old. So we might not have seen his best season yet so far. 
Due to him coming off a bad injury, there is some risk as if he didn't miss so much time last season, he he would be the first Broncos wide receiver to select. But I draft him as the second Broncos wide receiver due to that. And then I think he'll give you wide receiver four value in deep leagues and wide receiver five value in shallow leagues. And then Tim Patrick is the third guy you'd look at. Uh, I'd only draft Tim Patrick if I was in a deep league and I was really desperate for a wide receiver. He is coming off his best season, but one thing that concerns me is the number of weapons in Denver with guys like Sutton, Judy, uh, Fant, who I'm sure Terry's going to be talking about next. Uh, They also got Melvin Gordon, uh, Javante Williams, like we were talking about, and then uh, also, the quarterback play is concerning for me, especially if it's Drew Locke. Uh, he also had six touchdowns, and it might be hard to replicate or improve on. So I'd say he's probably a wide receiver five at best in deep leagues, or else I'd leave him on the waiver wire. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think um, – I guess you didn't mention K.J. Hammer because he's probably just a waiver wire guy at that point. Um, he's more of a deep ball guy. And obviously if Teddy's going to be starting, uh, he doesn't throw the deep ball as much. So I think, uh, yeah, he should be left on the waiver wire, but Terry, let me get to you uh, for the tight ends for the Broncos. With the tight ends on the Broncos, I mean, one guy comes to mind, especially uh, when you're talking about the upper echelon of the tight ends, when it comes to the fantasy landscape and his name's Noah Fant, honestly, uh, he has the talent, but then the question is, with the Broncos, it's like the quarterback play, as everyone would know. Uh, he has the potential to be the breakout candidate for this year, but then we're going to have to figure out if it's Teddy or if it's Drew. I guess the uh, field general option down there. With that being said, I mean, he is way better than most a majority of talent down at tight end when you're looking for fantasy options. And then there's, I believe his name is Albert O.K. Way Unam. Um <laughs> I remember back in 2020, someone was mentioning how he does have the physicality to become a tremendous tight end. But unfortunately, uh, with a guy like Noah Fan ahead of you, I mean, you're going to have trouble getting some touches. He does show flashes once here and there, but then it's not enough to be drafted in fantasy football. You might see him basically be relegated to a blocking position in the offense. Yeah, I think I can agree with that. Um, it's pretty much just no offense in this offense. And pretty much everyone is just going to be looking for targets at this point. It's just going to be really tough. Um, whoever's at quarterback, most likely uh, Teddy Bridgewater, he's going to have to spread the ball quite a bit. Um, let's just move now into our second team, and that's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I guess this time um, I'm going to start with, um, I, I believe, uh uh, yeah, Terry, let me let me get right back to you. Uh, you're there with the, the QBs. Uh, we already know who this is. Just talk about him. Patrick Mahomes, next question, man. Uh, he's probably the top guy off the board. Yeah, so if you want a little bit more explanation, top guy off the board, I mean, he has the talent around him at the skill positions. You honestly don't need to second guess this question. Um, honestly, you can probably get away with him being a high second round pick in fantasy in general. But outside of that, uh, you might be pulling a little bit too many strings if you take him in the first round, though, because there's a ton more options in the first round that can help you with your fantasy team. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm just guessing maybe third round ish might be where you should be taking him, uh, depending on the size of your league, obviously. Uh, you were going to say something, Terry? Uh, yeah, I was just going to answer your question. Honestly, if it's a shallower league, go try and get him in the third round if he's not there. I mean, honestly, quarterbacks a big enough position not to fret about losing out on Patrick Mahomes. There's a ton more elite talent there. But it is nice to get the best quarterback in all the football right now on your team. Yeah, that's the thing, too. I guess it just depends on your league settings. If you're in a standard uh, or half PPR, whatever it might be, uh, you could probably target him third round, fourth round, depending on, I guess, the size of your league. If you're in, like, two quarterbacks or, like, super flex, then you're looking at, like, first round, second round, that kind of thing. But Or else, yeah, uh, for regular leagues, probably after the third round. Um, I guess just getting to the Chiefs running backs. Uh, Nate, let me just get to you for that. So uh, last season, Clyde Edwards-Solaire got 12.2 fantasy points per game, but he only played for 13 games. He did start for all 13 as well, but I think his potential should be an an RB2 at least. It kind of depends on how you see his workload being. Um, Sometimes I notice that Patrick Mahomes um, does so much because he's so talented. It kind of takes away touches from um, Clyde Edwards Solaire sometimes. So I guess it kind of depends how concerned concerned you are um, with that kind of thing. But I think um, in terms of ability, he should be at least an RB2, if not maybe a low RB1 potentially, but I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, I feel like that, um, you know, with how the Super Bowl went for the Chiefs, uh, they didn't start scoring points until they started running the ball. So if I guess Andy Reid sort of remembers that and sort of puts that into his game plan, uh, we might see a little more from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because, I mean, he doesn't have Le'Veon Bell running behind him anymore. I mean, there's a couple guys there. Maybe uh, they might get a few touches. I'm not really concerned with uh, Daryl Williams as he didn't get many touches last year. And, I mean, Jarek McKinnon is just – popping on and off the IR anyways every year. Uh, I mean, not to disrespect him or anything, but it's just true. So I feel like, yeah, you're right. Uh, high RB2, low RB1, uh, that's where he should be going. Um, let me get to the wideouts for the Chiefs. Uh, let me start with pretty much the main name there, and that's Tyree Kill. Um, I think he's probably the safest wide receiver one in my mind. Um, I think Devontae Adams might have a higher upside, but I think uh, Tyree Kill's a little more safe. Um, he's going to get his usual eight to 10 targets a game, and he's pretty much going to make the most out of it, whether he's in the slot, whether he's run, running on the outside. He's getting targeted, and um, DBs can't cover him. We know this. Uh, so don't be afraid to use a first-round uh, draft pick on him in uh, a fantasy draft. Um and if he's there early second round, you should be taking him right away because there's no reason why he shouldn't be drafted in the first round. Um, then I'll move to McCall Hardman. Um, I guess with the departure of Sammy Watkins, there's not really a, a strong second option. So there's a chance McCall Hardman could break out this year if he sees a lot of snaps on the field. Um, he's definitely uh, a good wide receiver five to have on your team. Might have some uh, wide receiver four to flex upside. So definitely a guy you should be checking out in your drafts. Obviously, guys like Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle, um, it's tough to really, uh, you know, uh, give them 
uh, I guess, uh, some respect, but uh, there are more guys that you just pick off the waiver if you see they're getting um, touches or snaps. Uh, Antonio Callaway is another one of those guys. Uh, Cornell Powell. I mean, there's just a few names here. You just got to see who's getting all the snaps and then definitely take a look at them. But definitely Hardman and Tyreek should be the starters for that team. Um, and then I guess for the tight ends, um, let me just move over to you, Mete. Yeah, so for tight ends on the Chiefs, you're probably just going to want to look at Travis Kelsey. Uh, I mean, he's the best tight end in the game, and there's no debate over that right now. I think he'll be drafted in the first round in almost every draft. Uh, and I think he's still going to be the best tight end in football and fantasy football after this season, as the Chiefs receivers aren't the best, like James was saying, outside of Tyreek Hill. They don't have uh, the best depth, and they also have the best quarterback throwing to them with Patrick Mahomes. So, yeah, Travis Kelsey, I think he's going to be the best tight end in fantasy this season as well. Yeah, I can agree. He's just getting way too many looks just to not be the best. And, um, yeah, I mean, they could double-team him uh, defenses, and they still can't stop him. So I think that you should have no worries when you're drafting him in fantasy this year. Um, but let's just move now to, uh, to the L.A. Chargers. Um, this time I'm going to start. I'm going to talk about their quarterback situation for fantasy. And this year there's no debate like there was last year. Last year was between Tyrod and Justin Herbert. Uh, this year it's Justin Herbert's uh, position. Um, he's a solid quarterback one. He's a mid-level quarterback one, I'd say. Uh, he's got top five potential also because he's got that rushing upside to him. Um, and he's in a pretty solid offense in my mind. So um, he's going to contribute every week. I know I owned him uh, in a league or so last year. Um, one of the leagues I won a championship with him. He was just so solid. Uh, I You can go right back to the well with this guy uh, once again this year. Um, and then I guess just moving um, into the running backs. Uh, let me just get to you, Mete. Yeah, so for running back on the Chargers, uh, you should just look at Austin Eckler, I think. He's one of the best pass-catching running backs in the game. Uh, and he'll hope to play a full season this year. And it looks like he's going to become the workhorse running back in L.A. Uh, due to him being a great pass catcher, it won't matter if the team is on first, second, or third down. And if the team is behind or ahead, he's, as he's going to be on the field most of the time. And I think he's a running back one option in almost all leagues. Yeah, uh, I mean, I was going to say um, take a look at Justin Jackson or Joshua Kelly, but we noticed last year they really didn't do much with their opportunity. Um, they were both passed on the depth chart when Balaj was there. So I really don't see Eckler giving up a lot of his touches. He should be a solid RB1, I, I definitely think. Um, I guess just getting to the wideouts. Uh, Terry, who do you have for the Chargers? Two wideouts come to mind. First guy you got to go is Keenan Allen. Uh, with Herbert taking the reins down in LA, honestly, it did help him with his production, especially when you compare him to Tyrod. Uh, he's more of a run-first quarterback, kind of a uh, – What's that play? Not even play, but he's more of a short yardage type uh, quarterback. So with the Herbert acquisition, or not even acquisition, but him taking over just helped his production. And then second guy, honestly, I got to go with Mike Williams. He does have the physical traits to become a wide out one on a team, but the problem is Justin ain't usually targeting him enough to become a wide out one. 
Uh, if you're looking to draft them specifically on their position, I would say Keenan Allen, probably a wideout two uh, in the deeper leagues, and then wideout three in the shallower leagues. And with Mike Williams, unfortunately, sometimes you got to put him at wideout five sometimes just because of the boomer bust capability in his week-to-week uh, production. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Mike Williams, he has that injury risk as well. Um, He hasn't played a full season pretty much in his whole career. So that's another tough thing. Uh, Terry, let me ask you, uh, I guess, what's your thoughts on Josh Palmer being like a sleeper? Josh Palmer does seem nice. Uh, I believe I did talk about him in the past, like, I think a month ago on the podcast. But I mean, there's so many mouths to feed when it comes to wide I mean, there's three options you got to choose on sometimes. And sometimes in the two uh, wide out options, I mean, you got to deal with those two tight ends as well. Uh, I like him in the slot, honestly, but something tells me that uh, Herbert doesn't target him a lot. But I'm not a quarterback, so I wouldn't know better, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, they even got like guys like Jalen Guyton and Tyron Johnson and others there. So it's just going to be really hard. Um, I guess to feed all the mouths, like you said, uh, Nate, let me get to you now, actually uh, for the tight ends, I guess, uh, who do you see being relevant in fantasy? Uh, I think for tight ends, I have um, Jared cook. Um, He did play for um, new Orleans last season. I think he got 7.3 fantasy points per game and he got 10.4 fantasy points per game in 2019. Um, I guess the thing that interested me was that he only got five starts last season in the season before he only had seven starts. So he has a lot of potential. Um, he only got 60 targets last season as well. So I was kind of comparing him to Mike Gusecki because he had a similar situation last season. He only had nine. I think Gusecki only had nine starts and he also had around seven fantasy points per game or actually 8.9 and half PPR. But um I think like, for example, if a player like Mike Gusecki was able to, I guess he looks like he's projected as like a tight end one in some leagues. So my thoughts are like Jared Cook could potentially be like a high tight end two at least, um, mainly because of how little targets that um, Jared Cook got and he was still able to get like seven fantasy points per game. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's definitely something to look at. I know people were saying that he was very underutilized with the Saints. Obviously, he was touchdown or busts at some points, but um, yeah, he was very consistent with his touchdowns. That's another thing I noticed. And um, I mean, if he can just get more targets in this offense, I mean, like you said, um, high tight end two is pretty much his floor at that point. So um, yeah, Jared Cook's definitely someone to look at in drafts. Um, definitely pretty solid. Uh, compared to, I guess, last season. And uh, let's just move now to the Vegas Raiders. Um, I guess this time, Matty, I'll start with you. What's their quarterback situation? Yeah, so their quarterback situation should be Derek Carr. Uh, He should be the starter there. Uh, He's been a really solid quarterback in his career. As I'll admit, I wasn't the biggest fan of his, but after checking his stats, my opinion has changed on him. Uh, He hasn't thrown for more than nine interceptions in the last two years, and he's had amazing completion completion percentages in his last two years, with the lowest being 67.3 and the highest being 70.4. He hasn't really had a star wide receiver in Oakland or Las Vegas during his career, and 
hopefully Rux can become that star wideout that Card deserves. But uh, the additions of Kenyon Drake, John Brown, Willie Sneed should really help him. Although they aren't star pieces, but they're all they're still solid players. I think he'll be a quarterback too in almost all leagues, but definitely he can give you quarterback one produ- production on favorable weeks. Yeah, I think you pretty much nailed on the head what I was going to say. He's a favorable week quarterback. I feel like that if he's the guy on the waiver, you got to target him when he has a good matchup and he's going to produce pretty solid numbers. So I definitely like that you said that. Um, Terry, let me get to you on the running backs this time for the Raiders. Two guys strictly comes to mind when you think of the greatest uh, running backs. First guy, Josh Jacobs. He's been doing it since last year, year before, I think. Uh, it's going to be confusing before we figure out where Kenyon Drake fully fits into this offense. Uh, we do understand that he was brought in for the pass catching capabilities, but if you look into last year's stats that Nathan's always known for, I mean, I feel like Josh Jacobs had way more reps in the passing games compared to Kenyon Drake. Uh, so easily, I want to save running back two at most. Uh, with Kenyon Drake, I mean, he got the bag this offseason, and congratulations to him. Uh, unfortunately, it regulates him to the receiving back role in Las Vegas. But we do know when healthy, Kenyon Drake can easily be a 70-plus target guy in the receiving game. With that being said, I mean, hopefully it works out down in Vegas for him. Uh, honestly, I got him at running back four, maybe even flex. And then if you're wondering where you're going to put Jalen Richie, put him on the waiver wire. Yeah, um, I definitely think uh, you're right about that. Um, I, I don't know if I see Kenny and Drake being a pass catching back. I sort of see him as more of a change of pace kind of guy. And I could see both of them sort of doing the catching just depending on uh, who the coach uh, likes. So that's definitely something to monitor. Maybe Josh Jacobs going as an RB2. Uh, he, that's what he's going at right now. So you are correct about that. But I feel like that's still kind of high just because we don't know who's getting more touches. So they should probably both be around like RB3 flex. Um, and if you see in training camp, you know, this guy's getting more reps, then yeah, maybe you can take them as an RB2. Um, I guess just getting to the receivers, uh, Nate, let me get to you. Uh, who do we have for the Raiders? So I think that um, the wide receiver that I think you should look out for the most would be um, John Brown. Um, he was playing for Buffalo last season. He only played nine games and he started seven and he managed to get 8.9 fantasy points per game. So um, I think he's going to be the number one wide receiver um, in uh, the Las Vegas uh, Raiders roster this season. So I guess you could, I think, uh, draft him as maybe something like, um, I said wide receiver three in deeper leagues but he he might have like wide receiver two potential if he ends up playing um all of his games so um i think he's kind of like a wide receiver that's um some i guess a wide receiver that you might want to like look out for if that makes sense yeah honestly i can agree with you in the fact that uh, there's not going to be a lot of fantasy relevant receivers because there's just too many guys here uh yeah john brown they paid him the money it would make sense that he's the main receiver there like you said um uh you know he came from buffalo he wasn't fully healthy there uh we got to see about that um i think pretty much guys like henry ruggs brian edwards hunter renfro 
I mean, you might be able to draft them, but I think a lot of them are going to end up on the waiver. Guys, guys like Edwards and Renfro will probably be on the waiver unless you're in like a super deep league. And Willie Sneed's there too. Zay Jones is still there. There's just a lot of guys there. So um, I think John Brown, I think you're right. He's probably the safest option there for fantasy. Um, and then I'll just move into the tight ends. Uh, this is where they like to feed um, all of their passes and it's Darren Waller. Um, he's the main man there. He's the reason why the a lot of the receivers aren't relevant there because Derek Carr loves to target him. Uh, he's easily like one of the top uh, wideouts for fantasy in the game. Um, I have him um, pretty much as a high-end tight end one. He's going to be in my top three tight ends to draft along with Kelsey and Kittle. Um, yeah, honestly, he has enough upside that if something happens with Travis Kelsey, he can be the, the number one overall tight end next year by the end of the season. So, um, yeah, they're feeding him the ball and defenses haven't been able to stop him clearly. So, um, yeah, definitely really solid. And I don't really see any other tight ends being fantasy relevant. Obviously, um, Jason Witten isn't there anymore. So, uh, he's not going to be the touchdown or bust option that he was last season. So I think that's pretty much it for tight end. So, um, let's just move now into the division preview. Uh, portion. Um, we're going to start with previewing the quarterbacks in this division. Uh, Terry, I'm going to start with you. Um, just sort of give me um, the order of the quarterbacks in this division. Uh, order of quarterbacks, easily got to put Patrick Mahomes at number one. Uh, number two, honestly, I got to put Derek Carr in front of Justin Herbert just because of the fact that he's been doing it a little bit longer than the uh, sophomore. And then at three, honestly, Justin Herbert over comparing uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Andrew Luck. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're both great quarterbacks, but the problem is it's like they haven't made that step that Herbert has made in his rookie year. And both of them combined, I feel like they don't just match up to Herbert as of yet. Who knows if one of the guys break out, but honestly, I got to put uh, Broncos in last just because of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Nate, let me just get to you now for your quarterbacks. So for um, quarterbacks, I decided to um, put, uh, let me just check. I think I put uh, Kansas City first. Um, I think he's the most talented quarterback in the division. I don't think that's too controversial to say. Um, I put um, the Chargers at, at second. I think Herbert, um, he's still really young, but he still has a lot of potential. I put the Raiders third and the Broncos fourth. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely agree with that ranking because I have the same one. I have the Chiefs at one, obviously. Patrick Mahomes, nothing more to say. Um, Chargers at number two, Justin Herbert. I feel like his ceiling is pretty much higher than anyone else in this division. I feel like Mahomes has reached his ceiling pretty much. I feel like that he has the most room to grow, so I definitely have him at number two. Um, Derek Carr at number three, because he's most likely the starter again. Um, he's pretty much the definition of the word solid. Um, I wouldn't give him a lot of upside, but he, he's very solid. And then Broncos, we don't know uh, the situation there. It looks like Teddy Bridgewater is going to start, but there's a possibility we see some of Drew Locke as well. There's not a lot of stability there, so I have them at number four. And then Mete, I'll get to you. Yeah, I have the same exact ranking. Um, Mahomes at one, Herbert at two because of his amazing upside he has in the 
flashes he showed last season, and then Raiders at three with Derek Carr, really solid, and then Broncos at four. I mean, if it was Locke or Bridgewater, it wouldn't really matter to me. I think they're still at number four with either of them. Yeah, for sure. Um, the Broncos, uh, they have a tough situation to decide who's going to be their quarterback. So hopefully things work out for them. But let's just move to the skill positions. Uh, Nate, this time I'm going to start with you, actually. Um, I guess, uh, where do you see these teams ranking on in skill positions? Um, so I looked at their wreck and rush totals again, and I was kind of surprised. So um, I guess the for the... I'll just put like the totals. Um, the Chiefs are first. That's not really too much of a surprise. I think the biggest surprise for me would um, Las Vegas being second, mainly because they were um, third in, I guess, uh, rec totals, but they were second in rush totals. And I put um, Denver at third. Uh, they were first in rush totals last season, but they were last in the division for... Um, receptions and I put the Chargers uh, fourth which again really surprised me because of how good Justin Herbert was so their rec totals were second but their rush totals were fourth but I mean Austin Eckler wasn't fully healthy so that's something to think about as well yeah um, I think after the Chiefs uh, it's pretty difficult to decide I guess which teams are ahead in skill positions. Matty, I'll just get to you now. I guess what what do you think about the skill positions? Yeah, I mean, I had the same exact uh, uh ranking as Nate. I went Chiefs at 1 because they've got one of the best receivers with Hill, best tight end in the league with Kelsey and then young and upcoming running back with uh Clyde Edwards-Helaire. They could use some wide receiver depth though and then Raiders were second for me as they don't have a star wideouts, but like I said, Ruggs could become that star. And then John Brown should have a good year in Oakland. They also have Renfro Sneed, like we talked about. They have solid wide receiver depth. Like you said, Waller is a top three tight end, I think. And then Jacobs and Drake, that's a really good running back duo. Uh, I went Broncos third because I like their wide receivers, uh, guys like Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, and Sutton, who I just talked about. Noel Fant is getting better. Melvin Gordon is solid, and we'll see how Javante Williams does. And then Chargers are fourth for me because outside of Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, they don't really have much. And yeah, losing Hunter Henry for Jared Cook, I think, is a definitely a downgrade yeah for sure um it is definitely a downgrade um but uh i have a little bit different of a rankings from you guys obviously i have chiefs at one you guys mentioned all the names um i feel like they have the solid big three there in ceh tyree kill and uh, travis kelsey so i feel like that's enough to sort of put them above the rest of the division i have broncos at number two actually i love the running back duel they have in melvin gordon and javante williams uh they got a, a four really solid wide receivers who are not going to be fed enough clearly because of the quarterback position. And they've got two solid tight ends as well as uh, Terry talked about. So I think they're definitely number two, number three, I put the chargers just because of Austin Eckler being so dominant, Keenan Allen, so dominant, 
Mike Williams is one of the best cont- contested catch receivers in the league. I mean, Jared Cook's really good in the end zone, even though he might not be the best tight end in the division. So I have them at number three. And I put the Raiders at number four, just because, in my opinion, the wide receiver position was really lacking on that team. Obviously, they have uh, two pretty solid running backs and a solid tight end in Darren Waller, but I just felt like um, I couldn't rank their wide receivers uh, and move them ahead. So, uh, Terry, let me just get to you for skill positions. I think everyone can agree that there is a common denominator when it comes to this division, and and that's at running back. All these teams do have the tremendous running back they can rely on. After that, it's kind of figuring out who has the tight end and wide receiver depth or star wide receivers to separate them from the pack. Uh, Kansas City unanimously first in the division. Second, I went a different route. I went with the Chargers, honestly. Um, honestly, I feel like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are a better duo compared to the rest of the uh, wideouts compared in the division. Yes, they have that tight end problem with Jared Cook, but then I feel like that third round uh, tight end that they drafted in 21 is going to do an interesting job if they give him enough reps. I put Vegas in third just due to the fact that, yes, they have Darren Waller, but then their core wideouts with Ruggs, um, Renfro, and Edwards, they haven't stood out just as yet. I mean, potential can only get you so far before uh, you have to rely on your actual skills. So we'll see what happens there. And then with the Broncos, it's kind of like murky. I mean, yes, you got Noah Fent. You got Albert O as well. Um, But it's kind of like, who do you feed after that? Cortland Sutton's coming off an injury, I believe. And then you got guys like KJ, Tim, and Jerry all trying to vie for that second option down in Bronco territory. So, I mean, it's kind of murky, so I'm not sure where to put the Broncos there as of yet. I mean, hopefully you understand what I'm trying to get from this perspective, but uh, it's kind of murky when it comes to Vegas and Denver right now. But honestly, I got to put KC1, uh, LA2, Vegas three and then number four. Yeah. I feel like that all these teams are sort of all over the place after Kansas city. So I feel like that uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting year among these teams for sure. Um, Let's just get to the O-line this time, Matt I'll start with you. I guess, which O-lines do you like the best in this division? Yeah. So I have chiefs at one. I mean, if you only watched the Super Bowl last season, you probably wouldn't believe that the Chiefs O-line is the best in this division, but they are. They did lose Eric Fisher and Mitch Schwartz, but they got Orlando Brown from the Ravens, Joe Tooney and free agency, and they used a couple draft picks on rookies, Lucas Niang and Trey Smith, and they're also getting back Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, I hope I said that right, as he opted out of the 2020 season, so... I think the Chiefs will have a top O-line unit this season. And then I went Chargers second. Chargers only have one lineman on their starting unit who was starting for them last season, and that was Brian Beluga. Outside of him, it's going to be all new players for the Chargers as they drafted Rashawn Slater. They also signed Corey Lindsley, Matt Filer, and Ode Abushi, who should round out their starting unit. And then Broncos third for me. Uh, The Broncos O-line is decent as their main guy is Garrett Bowles. But outside of that, there isn't much new additions to their unit. They did pick up Bobby Massey in free agency and draft Quinn Miser. But their center play was really shaky last season. So we'll see how they address that. And then Raiders at four. 
I mean, the Raiders lost four, sorry, three starters in the offseason, and we'll have to see how they do without them. They did draft Alex Leatherwood in the first round, but their center position is a question mark as I want to see who's, who's going to start for them there. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's definitely some pretty good offensive lines in this division. Obviously, a lot of them are improving. Um, Terry, let me get to you now, I guess, on uh, your offensive lines. Uh, firstly, I got to agree with Mete. You got to put Chiefs at number one. They did have that little massive overall, but then you get bringing guys like Orlando Brown Jr. and Joe Tooney among a few. And then secondly, you got to put charges at two. Um, same story with the charges. They overhauled the line this past season. They add Corey uh, Lindsley at center, and then they put Air, uh, Odea Bushi at guard. So nice two acquisitions right there. Uh, with the Broncos, I feel like the center position, as I think Mente said it, I kind of blanked out when he was talking. Uh, that's their biggest question at center. And then the few positives are guys like Garrett Bowles at left tackle. So outside of that, um, good luck down in Mile High as well. And then the rebuilding O-line down in Las Vegas. I mean, they lost a lot of core pieces this offseason. Uh, they basically lost the arm and leg and then probably the kidney. And then you got Alex Leatherwood just trying to rebuild it on the right side first. So good luck with them. And I feel like they probably have one of the worst O-lines in the league, to be honest with you. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely agree with you. Um, I have Kansas City at number one. Obviously, Mete mentioned the trouble they had in the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, adding Orlando Brown, Joe Tooney, uh, getting uh, LDT back. That's what I'm going to call him. Um, yeah, really solid. Obviously, they addressed it in the draft as well. I feel like Travis or uh well, Travis Kelsey is going to help block, obviously, but I feel like Patrick Mahomes is going to be okay this year. He shouldn't take too many hits, so I have them at number one. Um, this might be a little controversial, but I have the Raiders at number two. Um, I know they uh, did an overhaul on their offensive line, but they still kept uh, Colton Miller and Richie Incognito, which are really solid guys on the left. Obviously, bringing in Denzel Good, he is very solid. And drafting Alex Leatherwood, I don't think this system is going to change. I feel like they're still going to be really productive. Um, obviously, we have to find out when we watch them during the season. So I'm not ready to drop them in my ranking. So I do have the Raiders at number two. Um, at number three, I have the Chargers, obviously, because they did a lot of work in the offseason, bringing in uh, a few names, Corey Lindsley being one of them. Obviously, addressing in the draft with Rayshon Slater. I really like that draft pick. So I definitely think that they're going to be solid. So I have them at number three. And I have the Broncos at number four. Obviously, Mete, you talked about some of their shortcomings. Obviously, bringing in Bobby Massey is huge. But um, I guess other than that, they're going to need um, better protection uh, from this offensive line. Uh, so I'm just going to put them at number four. All right, Nate, let me just get to you now for your offensive lines. So for offensive line, I looked at um, sacks allowed. And I guess based on that, I put um, Kansas City first. I know like during the Super Bowl, it looked kind of rough um, for Patrick Mahomes. But um, in I guess like in the regular season, generally, um, Kansas City did really well. So I th think you could, I guess, rank Kansas City first for their O-line and I put the Raiders at second. Um, I guess they were pretty good at protecting um, their quarterback. And 
I put the Broncos third and the Chargers fourth. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on the Raiders there. I think they're going to be just as solid as last season. Obviously, they have some new faces, but I guess we'll have to see how that goes. Um, Terry, this time I'm going to start with you. Um, let's get to the front sevens in this division. Front sevens, I got to rank Broncos one, Chargers two, Raiders three, and then Chiefs at four. Uh, with the Broncos, you already know Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, some of the more scarier uh, edge rushers in the league. And with that being said, you got that linebacking core down in Malhouse City. Honestly, it's kind of underrated when you look at it because you don't really, un- I wouldn't say understand, but you don't really know who some of these linebackers are. And then with the Chargers, I mean, Joey Bosa is the biggest threat in the front seven down in Chargerville. And then Kenneth Murray is the guy in the linebacking core you expect to make those plays. I believe with the Raiders, they have Yannick Ngu- uh, Yannick. Help me out. Ngakwe. 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 Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it should help out the defensive line, especially compared to last year where they couldn't get enough pressure on the quarterback majority of the time. So, you know who's going to be helping with the pressure on in that case. And then you got Nick Kiaski, I believe his name is. That's the main guy you look to in this uh, linebacking court for the playmaking abilities. And you're hoping for Corey Littleton to improve a little bit from last year. Finally, Chiefs. Uh, Chris Jones, the man in the defensive line. And honestly, the linebackers over in Kansas City, they have the potential to be a top 15 unit uh, with guys like Willie Gay Jr. uh, being in the linebacking core. So having said that, uh, good luck to them if they can get the most out of him. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely... uh like some of your points there. Um, I'm just going to say for my front seven, I like the Broncos at number one. This front seven is so solid. Obviously, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, um, I mean, Shelby Harris, like they just have so many um, really good pass rushers here. Obviously, with their um, linebacking, um, Von Miller is more of a pass rush type of guy. So we'll definitely have to see how the rest of the linebacking core goes for them. But I still like them at number one. Uh, for number two, I put the Kansas City Chiefs. I guess this is just dependent on whether Frank Clark plays because him and Chris Jones are a solid uh, tag team there uh, in terms of pass rush. Um, and then, um, I mean, they have some solid playmakers at the linebacking position. Obviously, for this team also, they're going to need some guys to step up. Um, for number three, I have the Chargers. And the reason I have them at number three, I guess, is the loss of Melvin Ingram. He was just so solid for them. Obviously, they still have Joey Bosa. Obviously, they have other guys here like Kenneth Murray and other uh, good playmakers. But um, I just really uh, see them sort of taking a step back from where they were last year. Um, and then I have the Raiders at number four. Obviously, um, their run defense was one of the worst in the leagues last year. Um, I mean, they have good a good pass rush, guys like Max Crosby, Yannick Ngakwe, and others. But in terms of run defense, I really haven't seen much from them. Maybe uh, a guy like Corey Littleton. Um, uh, they drafted a Devine Diablo. Um, guys like that, they really need to be solid for them, I guess, in the in the run defense. But uh, in terms of pass rush, they're pretty decent, but I had to put them at number four. And um, I guess, Nate, let me get to you for your front seven. So for front seven, I looked at opposing rush yards, opposing rush touchdowns, sacks, uh, tackles, and forced fumbles. Um, so I guess based on that, I put 
uh, Kansas City first, um, the Chargers second, which kind of surprised me, the Raiders third, and the Broncos fourth. Um, I guess one thing I'll say about the Broncos is they were first in their division in sacks. So I guess the number of pass rushers you guys are talking about, it definitely reflects in the stats. Yeah, um, I also believe they dealt with a lot of injuries last year, which might have affected their totals. Um, fingers crossed they'll be healthy this season. Uh, we definitely want to see a healthy front seven for them. And Mete, let me just get to you for your front sevens. Yeah, so I also went with the Broncos at one. I mean, you guys pretty much went over all the names. They have a great defensive line, great uh, linebacker duo. And I definitely agree with you, Terry. I think these two guys and Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell are underrated as not many people know about them, but they do a great job. And then I went charges second. Uh, they do have a great edge rusher with Bosa, but outside of him on the line, it's not too good. And then uh, their linebacker, sophomore Kenneth Murray had an amazing 2020 season. So yeah, those two are their main guys. They're going to need some depth. And then for the third place, I went with the Kansas City Chiefs. Like you guys said, Chris Jones is their main guy. But outside of him, the D-line isn't great. And then their linebacker group is still young. So they've got potential. And the linebacker unit should get better. But we'll see. And then... I went with the Raiders at four. They've got some solid talent on their defensive line, but I don't know. I feel like they don't live up to their uh, expectations. And then they do get Yannick, Yannick Ngakwe, who should help them, but we'll see. And then the linebacker group is decent, but they're probably going to want Littleton to play like he's back on the Rams. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely Littleton was a solid addition. Um, we'll definitely have to see how this Raiders front seven shakes out. Um, but let's just get to the secondary now. Um, Nate, this time I'm going to start with you. I guess, where do you see the secondaries in this division? So for secondaries, I looked at opposing QB completion, um, interceptions and touchdowns based off an interception. So Based on that, I put the Chargers first, um, Kansas City second, the Raiders third, and the Denver Broncos fourth. Yeah, um, I definitely uh, love the Chargers as well. I didn't have them at number one, though. Um, for mine, I have the Broncos actually at number one, um, probably just because of the guys they brought in. Obviously, Justin Simmons has been there. But bringing in guys like Ronald Darby, Kyle Fuller, Kareem Jackson, Patrick Sertain, they just drafted. Um, I mean, they have other solid guys here. They even have guys like Bryce Callahan and uh, Trey Marshall and others. Like They're just so deep. I feel like that they've really improved off of last season. So I definitely have them at number one. But I do have the Chargers at number two. Obviously, Derwin James is one of the best safeties in the league, in my opinion. Uh, he's just really solid. He's just got to stay on the field. Um, and then obviously they have a, a guy like Chris Harris, who's probably one of the best uh, nickel corners in the league, in, in my mind, uh, even for his age. Um, and then them drafting Asante Samuel, he could be one of the breakout defensive players uh, this coming season for them at corner. So I definitely have them at number two. Um, I put the Chiefs at number three. 
Obviously, Tyran Matthew, one of the best safeties in the league. Daniel Sorensen was really solid for them. Uh, Legereus Sneed, probably one of the, the best breakouts they had at corner last year. Um, so, I mean, uh, they, they have some decent uh, players here. Um, even a guy like uh, Juan Thornhill, when he needed to fill in, he was really solid as well. So, um, I guess this Chiefs unit is just overall solid. Besides Matthew, there isn't really one player that's, like, dominant. Um, I feel like that they play really well together as a unit. So I have them at number three. Then number four, I just have the Raiders. I mean, they are improving. Obviously, Trayvon Morrig, uh, drafting him in the second round was really solid. I thought he was a really good player. I thought he should have gone in the first round. So I think they got a steal in him. But I guess outside of that, bringing in Casey Hayward is pretty solid. Um, uh, even a guy like Carl Joseph uh, is pretty solid. Um, Jonathan Abram was also really solid for them last year. But I guess other than that, uh, they're really going to need some improvement from their secondary. So I have the Raiders at number four. And I guess, um, Mete, let me get to you for secondary. Yeah, I mean, I got the same exact ranking. Uh, Broncos at one. Like you said, they made amazing additions this offseason. So the Broncos defense is looking scary this season. Uh, Chargers at two, like you said, the names, uh, great guys. They picked up uh, Asante Samuel Jr., Mark Webb, and Ben DeLuca in the draft. So you've got three rookies helping them out on the secondary, it looks like. Uh, Chiefs are third for me. They also have solid uh, players, but I don't know. Outside of Legereus Sneed, Charvarius Ward, and Tyron Matthew, I feel like they need more help. And then fourth, I have the Raiders. I mean, this is another fourth place finish for the Raiders for me, especially on defense. Like, they need some work. At least their secondary is young, though, so they have time to improve. But 2021 looks like it's going to be a tough season on the Raiders. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, Terry, let me get to you now for secondaries. I think we all had the same ranking, to be honest with you. Uh, Broncos, you don't really need to go over there. Uh, secondary, the names are there. Fuller, uh, certain Darby, enough said. Uh, with the Chargers, you got Derwin James, Cornerstone over there, and then Chris Harris Jr., as you said, solid nickel back corner. Uh, you get what I'm about to say. And then you got Tyron Matthew, Honey Badger. Uh, I think I agree with Mete. There's that one problem on the left side with their cornerback, but outside of that, their secondary is tremendous. And then you got one of the younger secondaries with the Oakland Raiders. Um, Jonathan Abram, he's on the uh, – what's that show called? Hard Knocks? It was a tremendous standout like a year or two ago. So with that being said, I'm actually hoping to see him do tremendous at the safety position. And with that being said, that's the secondaries for this division. Yeah, I mean, the Raiders definitely have added a lot of players. Uh, like we said, hopefully they pan out, but uh, let's just get into special teams now. I guess this time I'm going to start. Um, I went with Kansas City at number one. Obviously, Harrison Butker, one of the best kickers in the league. I think we all know this. Uh, obviously, running McCole Hardman and Tyreek Hill out of your kick and punt return is pretty overpowered at this point. They, they both run at least a 4-4, if not faster, 40-yard dashes. So, uh, yeah, really solid. And Tommy Townsend uh, is a pretty decent punter uh, from what I've seen. So I definitely have them at number one. Um, number two, I actually have Vegas Raiders. 
Um, Daniel Carlson stepped in and was really solid for them, uh, kicking field goals. Um, then they have uh, AJ Cole, the third punting and then Hunter Renfro and Henry Ruggs, uh, returning their kicks and punts, um, two really solid, uh, returners, especially uh, what Renfro's done in the past couple of seasons really impressed me. So I have them at number two. Um, I have the Broncos at number three. Obviously, Brandon McManus has been there for a long time. Uh, he's definitely one of the better kickers in this division. Um, their punter is uh, Sam Martin, and their punt returner is uh, Deontay Spencer and uh, Bryce Callahan. So um, not really any special names, but they do a solid job. Um, and then number four, I have the Chargers. Obviously, we saw their special team meltdowns last season in multiple games. Um, felt like they could have been even close to the playoffs if it wasn't for their special teams. That's how bad it was. Uh, Mike Badgley really missed some key kicks for them. Uh, Ty Long uh, could have been a better punter. Um, and then I just, uh, I guess kick returning, uh, they just have a, a number of names here that could possibly be kick returners, whether it's KJ Hill, Joe Reed, uh, or others. So, um, they really have a lot of work to do on their special teams in my opinion, but, uh, Mete, let me get to you for special teams. Yeah, we have a similar ranking, but we just have our one and two flipped. So I actually went with the Raiders that one. Uh, I think the special teams unit is actually one of their strengths as you talked about the names. They've got great returners and their kicker is solid with Carlson. Uh, I went with Chiefs at two because they were ranked a couple spots below uh, the Raiders from last season's special teams unit. And they both have pretty much the same unit. So I feel like it's going to be more of the same. I mean, Bucker is definitely one of the better kickers in the league. And then Hardman is a great returner. I went with Broncos at three as, as well. Uh, I like Brandon McManus, but outside of him, there's a lot of question marks for me. And then for Chargers at four, they're like the Broncos, but I don't like their kicker. So it's literally all question marks, except, I mean, yeah. Like for Broncos, it's all question marks except their kicker, but charges is literally just all question marks for me. <laughs> yeah, I get where you're coming from. I have the same thing uh, with the Chargers. And uh, Terry, let me get to you now in terms of special teams. This is where I struggle. Um, honestly, outside of the kickers, I don't really know that much about mostly special teams. Yes, you got Harris. Uh, honestly, I have to rank Chiefs, Chargers, I want to say Raiders and then Broncos. Not a thousand percent sure how that's going to look. Um, when it comes to the final uh, standings. But Harrison Bucker, McCall Hardman, Tyreek Hill, uh, enough said. And then you got Michael Bagley, KJ Hill, and then Joe Reed. Um, Joe Reed looks like a nice kickoff returner, but then KJ Hill, I don't know if they're going to go elsewhere when it comes to special teams there. Uh, Daniel, Car uh, Daniel Carlson, and then you got Renfro and Ruggs. Honestly, those two guys, you can put them – in the return unit, and I feel like they're going to do great. And then with Deontay Spencer down in Denver, I mean, I think out of all of the guys that were doing on returning in the division, I think he had the highest, higher average. So that's, I believe, a plus with that. And with McManus in the Mile High City, I feel like he does a little bit better compared to the other kickers just because he has to train in that higher altitude. So I don't know. Uh, Nathan probably has a clear picture for the special teams because he's the stats guy between all four of us. So, I mean, take it away. 
Yeah, Nate, what do you have? <laughs> so I guess for um, the stats I put, I, I looked at um, field goals made, field goal percent, punt return average yards, kick return average yards, um, punt average yards. I, I looked at kick total yards as well. So I guess based on all of those, I actually put um, Las Vegas first. Um, they were first in field goals made and field goal percentage. Um, and I think they were second in total yards kicked. Um, I put uh, Denver at seconds. They were second in um, field goals made. And they had a really good uh, punt return team last season. And they had a really good punter last season as well. I put uh, Kansas City third because they had, um, I think they were first in total in terms of total yards kicked. And they had a really good kick return team. And I put the Chargers fourth. Yeah, I think we were all um, pretty similar. I know we had some differences, but uh, yeah, hopefully all of these special teams will improve heading into next season. But um, let's just get to the coaches now. Um, I guess this time, Terry, I'm going to start with you. Uh, who do you like in terms of the coaches? Um, Andy Reid at first. Honestly, he's been doing it since I believe most of us were kids. So you got to put him up there at first. Uh, LA Charges, God. Who do they have at coach? Brandon Stanley? I'm not 100% sure. Uh, put him at two just because of the fact that for some reason, I just don't trust John Gruden being my head coach for some reason. Uh, it's not off of past biases. It's just that the way the head coach, the way Vegas is being run right now, it just doesn't seem right. So I just had to put Gruden at three. And then I believe Vic, uh, help me out with the last name. Fangio, Fangio. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Fangio, I got to put him at four just due to the fact that they need to fix uh, – something needs to fix down in the mile high for me to put them above the Raiders. But the only reason why Gruden's higher is because of the fact that he's been doing it longer. And that's the only reason why I got this as my rankings. Yeah, um, I feel like I'm going to be a little bit controversial then considering your ranking. Well, I do have Andy Reid at number one, obviously. He's won the most recent Super Bowl and he's run one of the best franchises, honestly, in the league the past 10 years. Um, and then number two, I actually have John Gruden. Um, and I don't know whether this is based off of like, I, I believe he was a head coach for a Super Bowl team. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but like, like I'm not judging him off of his management role because obviously he does, has a similar role that like Belichick has with the Patriots where he runs the management and the coaching. I'm just judging him based off of coaching. I have him as second. I feel like that he's a, he is a pretty decent coach. He should not be running the management though. I feel like they should have a GM in place there. Um, but for coaching, I have the Raiders at two. Uh, for number three, I have the Broncos. I think Vic Fangio is a pretty decent coach. I just feel like he doesn't have a lot to work with in terms of like quarterbacks. Um, his defense definitely improved this year. Um, obviously, we talked about the special teams ne needing to, you know, have a bit of work. Um, but I, I feel like he still is a pretty decent head coach. And then uh, the only reason I had Brandon Staley last is not that he's a bad coach. It's just it's his first season. So um, I don't want to like put all the expectations on him. So that's the only reason I had him at fourth. But he can definitely jump up within the next season. So, uh, Nate, let me get to you. So for coaches, I put um, Kansas City first, um, Andy Reid has 
a Super Bowl as a head coach and a Super Bowl as an assistant coach. Um, and he made the Super Bowl last year. He didn't win Tampa Bay one, but still, he was still able to take Kansas City all the way to the Super Bowl. And basically, no team could stop him until they made it to the Super Bowl with um, Tom Brady pulling a Tom Brady. <laughs> and I put um, John Gruden second as well. Um, he was the head coach of Tampa Bay. I think it was Super Bowl 37 that he won, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I put Vic uh, Fangio third. Um, I think he was the 2018 assistant coach of the year. Uh, the Broncos didn't have the best record. They were 5-11, and 11 and they finished last in the division, unfortunately. And I put Brandon Staley fourth. I think it's his first year as a head coach, if I got that correctly. So, I mean, he has no experience yet in the NFL, so it's kind of hard to, I guess, like put him above any of the other three. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Mete, let me get to you now for coaching. Yeah, so I got the same ranking as you and Nate. I went Chiefs one. I mean, Andy Reid is a great coach. Uh, his teams, whether it was Philadelphia or Kansas City, always had a great offense, and they were usually in the playoffs. And then I went Raiders second as well. I mean, I can see what Terry's saying, honestly. John Gurdon did win a Super Bowl a long time ago, and then he took a break from coaching. And then ever since he came back, uh, Vegas hasn't been that great and they haven't made the playoffs yet. So I see where he's coming from. But for me, he's still second due to him winning the Super Bowl. And then third, I went Broncos. Vic Fangio, he hasn't had the best start in Denver as he's heading into year three. His record is 12 and 20 right now. So we'll see if it gets better. And then charges at four, like you guys said, uh, it's his first head coaching job in the NFL. So we just don't know how he'll pan out yet. Yeah, definitely. And um, let's just look at our totals now. Um, I guess, Nate, I'll start with you. I guess, what were your totals with all the positions? I put um, Kansas City first with, I guess, like 10 points. Um, the Raiders were second, which surprised me. Um, Chargers were third, and Denver was fourth. All right. And, um, Matty, let me get to you um, for your totals. Yeah, so Chiefs were first for me. I went with Broncos second, actually. Uh, Chargers were third, and then Raiders were fourth. And then, Terry, how about you for your total rankings? DC at one. Chargers at two. Uh, Denver at three and Vegas at four. Yeah, for me, I had the Chiefs at one as well. Um, I had Broncos at two, and then the Chargers and the Raiders ended up tying for me. Uh, but I would take the Chargers slightly over the Raiders just because I feel like their offensive lines are pretty equal. So uh, I feel like that would put the Chargers a little bit over the Raiders. But yeah, that's sort of what I have. Um, let's move into divisional records now. Um, this time, Mete, let me start with you. Um, I guess, uh, what are your divisional records looking like for this year? All right. So Chiefs, for me, they're going to be 5-1. and one. I think they're going to lose to the Broncos in the last week due to them uh, having a bye. And I think they're going to rest their starters. So they'll be 5-1. 
I have Broncos at three and three. I think they're going to go one and one with everyone in the division. So they're going to split. And then Chargers, I have at two and four. I think they'll split with the Broncos and Raiders, but they'll get swept by the Chiefs. And then Raiders will also be two and four, I think. They're going to split with Broncos and Chargers and get swept by the Chiefs. All right. And uh, Terry, let me get to you for your divisional records. I went the path of Menti and just do like two records, one for Bridgewater and one for Drew, but that's going to take too long. But <laughs> honestly, um, I went Chiefs 6 and 0. Honestly, I feel like the backup quarterback, I believe it's Chad Heineke. He's going to do a Chad, great Chad job. Chad Henney. Chad Henney. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. My bad. But yeah, Henney's going to find a way to figure out uh, the Denver defense in that last week. And I feel like if the Broncos aren't fighting for contention they're probably going to be running their younger guys to figure out who's going to be on the team for next year so for some reason i gotta put chiefs at six and oh charges three and three they split everyone in the division or not not everyone in the division they split uh with the raiders so uh one and one with the raiders and then they sweep the broncos with that being said broncos two and four uh their two wins will come due to the raiders and their four losses will come to uh, Chiefs, and they split with Chargers and Raiders. And then Raiders lose out to everyone except the Chargers, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. No, it's good. No, you're good. Don't worry. Um, yeah, I'm actually going to have to disagree with you. I don't think Chad Henney is going to figure out that Broncos defense. I think Von Miller is going to get like five sacks in that game or something. So... Um, I do have the Broncos going two and four and I have them beating the chiefs in that last week. And then they're also going to split with the Raiders and then they're going to end up getting swept by the chargers. Uh, So two and four for the Broncos. Um, I have the chiefs at five and one, obviously they're going to sweep the chargers and the Raiders and split with the Broncos uh, losing on that last week. Um, I have the chargers going four and two. They'll get wins uh, versus the Raiders at Broncos versus the Broncos and at Raiders. And they'll lose out both games to the chiefs. And then I have the Raiders going one and five. Their only win is versus the Broncos, but then they lose out to both the Chargers, the Chiefs, and the other game uh, in Denver. So uh, those are my records. And um, Nate, let me get to you. So for my uh, records, I put um, Kansas City 5-1, Vegas 3-3, and Chargers 3-3, and and Denver 1-5. and I guess I'm sleeping on them a little bit, but... I guess like for the category totals, I did have Denver at fourth. And I feel like there's there was kind of a gap between Denver and the rest of the teams. Um, I feel like Vegas and the Chargers are kind of close, but it's going to be hard for uh, Denver to compete. I don't, they might not go like one and five. They might go two and four or something, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely agree with you. That quarterback hole that they have is definitely going to be um, rough for them in this division. I mean, this division is like a lot of high flying offense. Um, there's a lot of, um, you know, good pass rushes in this division. Um, yeah. It's definitely going to be really exciting to watch games uh, from here. I guess I'll just start with you, Terry. Any last thoughts on the AFC West? Um, last thoughts in mind, honestly, I got to say, uh, where do I even start? Raiders offensive line, let's address that first. I mean, hopefully these guys bounce back. 
from all the losses they had in this offseason. Uh, I feel like that's going to be a major part of their game plan when it comes for their offense. Uh, as I think most of the highlights, if you ever saw the Raiders, they were just talking about their offensive line and how much time Derek Carr had in the pocket. Uh, with that over, I believe the Broncos, honestly, the quarterback situation that we've all been talking about this offseason, who's going to win it? Is it going to be Drew or is it going to be Teddy? Uh, when you go to the Chargers, can they hold leads? Can they avoid choking, basically? I think if you were ever probably listening to a football game on the radio, they're talking about how they were, I think the games were like within seven points and they had like so many. It was at least half of their schedule. And then with the Chiefs, I mean, you don't really got to see much until playoff time. Let's see what they can do. Uh, and hopefully they can bounce back from last year. Even though they were Super Bowl contenders, a lot of them, a lot of the casual fans are trying to write them off as we speak. So let's see what happens. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely think that um, the Chargers, uh, it was close games. It was their special teams that really held them back. I think with this new coaching staff, hopefully they can get things together. Uh, bringing in a guy uh, on the offense like Joe Lombardi, um, obviously Brandon Staley as their head coach. Uh, hopefully they can get things together. But I guess, Mete, what are your last thoughts on this division? I think that the Chiefs should definitely win this division. But outside of them, I feel like uh, two to four, it could literally end up with like Raiders, uh, Chargers, Broncos or like any other way, you know, it's hard to tell how two to four will place out, but yeah, I mean, the Chiefs at one should honestly be a given, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the Chargers are a solid two, but the thing is, if Derwin James gets hurt again, I think the defense might fall apart because other than a guy like Joey Bosa, they don't have a lot anymore. There's no more Casey Hayward, no more Melvin Ingram, a lot of guys that they really relied on before they don't have anymore. So um, Derwin James being healthy, if he's healthy, I think they can be a playoff team. Um, I think the Chargers are that good, especially with the way their offense is coming along. But um, yeah, it's going to be really tough. And then, like you said, two to four, there's just a lot of question marks with these three teams. Um, Nate, I guess any last thoughts? Um, I feel like this is kind of just the race for second place in this division. Um, Kansas City is just way ahead of everyone else by like a couple of steps at least. So um, hopefully the Broncos will be able to, um, I guess, stay in the conversation for this division. Um, even though I'm kind of sleeping on them a little bit, I'm kind of hoping that Assuming that Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback in Denver, like hopefully he'd be able to do something. I think that in terms of like wide receivers and offensive line, Denver is like, okay. So I feel like maybe they might, there might be a chance that they can do something, but we'll just have to see. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that uh, Denver, they've really done a lot to improve their roster um, the two things I guess they really need, they need to stay healthy and they need their quarterback situation figured out. If it's Teddy, he's got to play as solid as he was uh, with the Saints. I believe that was sort of the peak of his career when he was with the Saints. I felt like he played the best when he was there. I know uh, with the Vikings, he was also pretty solid, but they need him to play like that. And then I guess, um, I guess in terms of health, um, it just comes down to, um, you know, guys like Von Miller, Bradley Chubb. 
obviously um, Cortland Sutton, guys that have been injured in the past, they need to stay healthy. And then, I mean, if it is Drew Locke, he's got to develop into the guy that they drafted him to be. Um, I feel like this team would have a higher ceiling, I guess, if he did develop, but it really looks like that he might not be that quarterback. So it's definitely, I guess, something to think about. Um, and then other than that, yeah, like you guys said, this is the Chiefs division and um, barring any major injuries, they should win it again. Uh, there really isn't a question about that. And I think that's going to be the end of uh, this Fanatics football episode. Uh, we've pretty much uh, covered everything for the AFC West division. Um, I guess tune in um, next week. We'll have the last division preview for the NFC West, one of the more competitive divisions in the league. It's a good way to finish off this sort of segment um, section. And um, yeah, just make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. We'll have some football picks coming for you in the fall. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Um, we're usually... Um, putting these podcasts up, uh, whether it's links or whatever in our uh, Instagram stories. So definitely check that out uh, for the podcasts, uh, videos on YouTube, uh, podcasts is on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, make sure you like subscribe, share on YouTube, hit the bells for notifications, leave us a review, all of that good stuff. And guys, um, thanks again um, for doing this. And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.